I, I try to be, like, gentle but challenging still, but, like, you guys have the capacity to die. Like, I, I absolutely have no qualms about killing you guys off. Your characters, I want to be very clear, not you guys who are my treasured dear friends, but... If Gravy Boat dies, we riot. <laughs> uh, I actually have a contingency if something major happened and you weren't willing to roll a new character, uh, but we just need to have you guys uh, die and see what happens. I would be totally down for, like, vampire or zombie gravy boat. It, it wouldn't be gravy anymore. It'd be au jus, because that's the closest food thing I can think of that's blood. I'm still down for it. <laughs> My name is uh, o- au jus pitcher. It's my new wrestling persona. It's like the French adaptation of Gravy Boat. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Hey there, rollers. Tonight, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. Tonight, I have seated around various web cameras in various parts of Virginia, Chapman Adams, Alex Smith, Brandon Tingus, and Alain Monnier. And my myself being Josh Maltby. And tonight, we're going to talk to you a little bit about QPR, where we came from, and where we ended up in the early days. The thing that really gets me is you being, like, across Virginia, like, we don't all live in the same city. You make it sound like one of us is, like, Dan- in Danville and the other From one is From all in corners of the <laughs> Richmond metro area. <laughs> <laughs> where we came from, it was trash, to where we've gone, to the trash. Look, man, I identify as trash. Mm-hmm. I mean, we may be from the uh, Richmond metro area, but I think we can all recognize that the majority of us aren't technically in Richmond. I mean, eh. I think Alon's the only one. <laughs> yeah, I think Alon. Alon is. The, Alon definitely counts. I don't think you and I Hell do. Hell yeah, asymmetrical haircuts. Hell yeah. <laughs> you cannot live in Richmond unless you have an asymmetrical haircut. It is the law. That's true. Yep. I also have the most tattoos of all of us, so that's that's how I ended up here. It's the only way. Is that I a mean, challenge? That's just that's just science. I, yeah, get more tattoos. Yes. I was saying. Remember, when somebody yeah. pledges fifteen hundred dollars to the Patreon. I get that Space Wolf Daddy tattoo. <laughs> I would love nothing more than a Space Wolf Daddy back tat. But well, it's another, that's another story. So tonight we're going to be talking about the early days of QPR and kind of where, where all of this came from. And I think there's nowhere more appropriate to start than with Alon and how all of us came to be a part of the cast in the first place. Hey, I want to interrupt for just one second before we do that, because there is a prelude to that, which is after we started Goblins and Growlers, I was like, hey, we need a podcast. And Alon was like, no, we don't need a podcast. That's too much work. And then he went to DragonCon and he calls me when he gets back and he says, hey, let's have a beer. There's something I want to talk to you about. So we met and we got a beer. He's like, so anyways, I think we need a podcast (laughs) because some people at DragonCon seem to think that it might be a good idea. This is a this is a reoccurring theme. So anyone who thinks, well, at least he learned from his mistakes, you're wrong. I did that like three or four more times with different things. So, um, but that's true. Yeah, Brandon. Brandon said we need a podcast, and then uh, I was like, God, we, we're doing so much with our brewery games. We're we're doing these. We were jamming for this at the time. It was like 24 regular people, and we had that one night where like 90 people showed up, and we. <laughs> and, like cried and scrambled and tried to put together a quality public game and it, it worked out well um but we finally I, I got back yeah i got back from dragon con and i don't remember who i saw there but i remember coming back with this drive of like we we need a podcast and i was like i'm gonna make this happen as soon as possible and this is where since this was two and a half three years ago um, I'm, I'm going to need anybody can jut in at any time and say, Alon, you're remembering this wrong. Cause I've had five concussions in my life 
super fine with being wrong on my memory because I've had to come to terms with that over the last few years. Five concussions but, that you remember. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I've got one on video. It's great. Um, so I was, I, I, I met, Josh was like my only friend in Richmond before any of this. So I was like, Josh, you're my only, you're my only friend. Help me, OB, Josh Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> so I was, I was like, we need to, we need to put together a podcast. And Brandon, of course, was the founder of Goblins and Growlers. So together it was like, we had this triad, but we were trying to figure out who, I was going to originally GM, but I really wanted to find somebody better than me. Um, mainly because the way I GM is not really conducive to coherency. So, um, I, we, we were, we were searching the greater metropolitan Richmond area. Um, and we, uh, ended up at Alpha Comics and Games as a meme, uh, conveniently located in <laughs> Willow Lawn. <laughs> uh, it was for DMMD, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the first, I was there for the first. I think the first ever one. No, no it was, it was just the first was DMMD like was just like me, one of my regulars named Alexander, who's also a friend of the, mine and Gabe. It was, yeah. the, it was the second one. Second one. Cause I remember Gabe, Alexander and you, and then it was, did, were you with me, Brandon? Was it me and you? Yeah. The interesting yeah. story behind that is we were on fate. We were building out the Goblins and Growlers Facebook page. And because of various things, it recommended DMMD to us on Facebook as an event. And yeah. I was like, we need to go to this because we need to copy this and steal it from them and take oh, and yeah. like take over that 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 niche. And so we went and we met Alex and that changed the plans. <laughs> yeah, and Gabe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for not stealing one of like my most popular store events. We only steal things when we can do it better. And in this case, we realized that collaboration was the only way to do it better. Um just like what normal GMs do. Uh, so we ended up um, recruiting Alex from there and recruiting Gabriel from there. And then I was trying to think of a wild card player because I really wanted to like disrupt our dynamics in a fun way that would be engaging. And we had such a wild card player who came to our Goblins and Growlers events regularly in Chapman. Hello. Um, yeah, some of his characters that I remember best. I mean, the, the probably the most infamous one was, the, I, I guess the, you can just um, uh, kobold me out on this one, but it was Shitty Legolas. <laughs> That's and, correct. Yeah, what was the real name of that character? Do you remember? Oh, God. Yeah, um, don't worry about it. I remember it, it, it sounded like a medication. Yeah, it, it, was, it was somewhat, it sounded like an elven medication. Uh, but I think it was, was Lothagen. Uh, if you (laughs) if you've been playing tabletop games for 12 hours straight after lothogen please uh contact yeah so uh, could you (laughs) chapman you're gonna tell it better than anyone tell us what was lothogen what was lothogen like um well lothogen really believed that he was a, a a ranger um and the sort of ranger that would use a bow all the time except for uh, Lothogen had um, as low of a stat as I could give him in um, dexterity because Lothogen was actually a barbarian and as soon as he missed the arrow, his um, arrow shots, which inevitably he, be, inevitably he would, um, he would begin raging and start using his bow as a improvised weapon to beat up enemies. That's amazing. I'm, su- yeah, I'm surprised you didn't try to run him for QPR. The best part about that character is that um, Chapman would would deadpan introduce him as a ranger, mm-hmm. so no one would know until um, until it was, he was too late. Raging, yeah. Uh, but he also had another uh, bunch of other fun characters. I remember one that was like a I think a kobold who was <laughs> whose like village lived under a giant boulder, and one day the boulder moved, and he had to get out and recruit these giants to roll the boulder back. But then he got trapped outside, so he wanted to bring darkness to the rest of the excuse world. Me, so excuse could... me, excuse me, dimness. Dimness. <laughs> yes. Dim moistness. Yes. Um, um, that that was um, the kobold. That was, that was my first kobold character. His name was um, Snaggle, and he he rode his um, loyal uh, dire weasel companion named Tooth. So it was yeah. Snaggle and Tooth. That's yeah. so cute. Oh my god. Yeah, so my point being, I recruited Chapman because I, you know, we wanted to, I wanted to disrupt, especially because we weren't 100% sure if we bring a bunch of 
game masters together um, who run their own table all the time what the dynamic was exactly going to fall into. So I, I needed Chapman to be a, a wild card, and uh, he has done so quite well. <laughs> Thank He's you. probably the only one who stuck to his original uh, parameters of what he was supposed to be outside of Alex. I think you two are probably haven't like d- drastically shifted to accommodate. Although I will say the most, I wasn't ready, e- even though I knew Brandon semi well at the time because I'd, I'd played with him many a times and, and seen some of his really fun characters. I wasn't ready for how ridiculous Gravy Boat was even at an inception. I mean, I didn't didn't even really know how ridiculous Gravy Boat was going to (laughs) be. Alana, honestly, I don't know. I feel like through the course of QPR, especially like where I was and where I am now and where I think I'm going to go, like, I think I have grown more as a DM from doing QPR than any other game I've ever run. And that's including the one that went on for eight straight years. I, I'm not saying um, that people haven't grown because I think we all have taken. You can't do something for this long with this much like professional intensity and not get better. But you're still in the same dynamic and lane of being like this world builder and really focused on how you can build a world around a story and move the story through the world. Like a lot of like the core aspects of like why I was like this person's going to be great for this. You still have. Whereas I think. Josh changed drastically from what he thought he was going to be as far as roles in the party to what he is. I did too. And I think Brandon Gravy Boat just uh, uh, took on a whole nother life. And, you know, who knows where Chapman would be if he was still playing the same character. That actually, um, I guess you oh. kind of are, in a way. <laughs> that actually reminds me, uh, I found uh, the original podcast notes that Brandon gave us during some of our early recordings. Oh, my very honest feedback on everything. Yes, yes. And, like some of them are like, stop breaking the fourth wall. Do not address the audience <laughs> directly. Stop worrying about describing visuals. So clearly what we did was we took Brandon's advice and went, we'll do more of this. <laughs> I will say Brandon's advice when it comes to our actual like session zero episode was all true, true. Uh, because that was unlistenable garbage. <laughs> well, the, first, the first time we ever recorded was at Alon's apartment on this terrible 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 snowball mic that all of us had to like lean in and yell into and I don't think I've ever laughed harder with a group of strangers in my entire life because it was the dumbest nonsense I've ever dealt with it's also probably the dumbest one shot I've ever run or conceived of. Yeah, that's very good, though. Actually, could <laughs> you could you tell us a little bit about putting that one shot together and what your expectations were? Because we'd had our we'd had our sit down at that point where the infamous story has been told, where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a like sketchy rogue, and Alan being like, I'm gonna be the dumbest paladin ever. And Chapman being like, I'm going to be a kobold wizard. And then Brandon, like, kicks the table over, essentially. <laughs> like, I'm going to be an over-the-hill professional wrestler monk. <laughs> and this was, like, I think maybe the third or fourth time I had interacted with Brandon. And I'm just sitting here eating my noodles, like, I'm sorry, what? Like, I think that was the first day I had met Chapman was when we were all sitting... Around at, at this Ho- restaurant at Jake Hoagie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I you got mm-hmm. you got there first, and I got there second, and you were like, "Why do you guys always invite me to these places where it looks like I'm going to get kidnapped?" <laughs> this, it was in a really sketchy looking. You area. said that about Jake Hoagie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? yeah. Well, you know, there's there's. There's been a lot of, like, urban renewal in that part of Jackson Ward in the last three years. Yeah, it's, uh, it was, uh, it was kind of sketchy looking, guys. That place is 80% VCU students. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't help, honestly. There's, I went to VCU. There's sketchy people. I'm one of them. Yeah. So you were like, my people, I'm scared. Yes. <laughs> cargo, with their cargo shorts and their, like, doubled up popped collar uh, <laughs> shirts. Yeah, those were the people I hung out with in college. Um, God, what? 
So the, the one shot that I originally wrote for all of us to play, everybody had given me these characters and I really wanted to just throw out something I didn't care about narratively so we could see how everybody operated in the space together. And fun fact, uh, even though that audio will never see the light of day and I think we burned the hard drive it was on just to be safe, um, we had changed the characters a lot from what they originally were conceived as because of like the dynamics that came up in this one shot. But the whole point of the one shot was it was this guy, uh, Lord Byron Weeaboo, who was kidnapping local village women and taking his parts of them. His last name was Weeaboo? His last name was Weeaboo. <laughs> and he was taking uh, parts of the local village girls because I can't write something that's not horror to create the ultimate waifu. Uh, but he forgot to put in bones because anime characters don't have realistic proportions. <laughs> and I thought it was hysterical describing her, like, awkwardly flopping out of, like, the development chamber. And I'm looking around and all of the guys at the table are just looking at me with this horrified expression. It was, it was gross. It was so <laughs> Like, you know, that in, it, it, it's become a meme, but in The Incredibles, where Edna Mode is, like, really victorious looking and fires being shot at Jack-Jack's outfit and and Miss, and um, Helen Parr is, like, ah, like, horrified. That was us in that moment, and it was magical. It was beautiful. And you guys have been making me pay for it ever since. So I know, like, right out of the gate, I thought Solinar was going to be a lot more of a, like, criminal, a little bit more of a drunkard, a lot more of an element of chaos. And then as we started playing that Session Zero, I was like, well, one of us needs to be able to talk to NPCs without creeping them out. One of us needs to be able <laughs> to direct, like, where things are going. I had not planned for Solinar to be at all a party face because I thought Solinar was going to be like... Yeah, I'm going to hang out in the shadows, and I'm going to steal things from people, and that's going to be my thing, and that's what I'm going to do. And it was like, things were just so rapidly chaotic that I was like, oh, this is, if we do that, there won't be a story. It'll just be us, m like, murdering and rampaging across the countryside, which would have been a very different podcast, I think. It would have been hilarious, but I don't think it would be quite as narratively compelling. I think you also just GM'd enough brewery games to be like, oh, God, I don't want to be the rogue who steals everything and just hides all the time. That's why I played like a like that's why I basically played like a monk barbarian type character, because I had always traditionally played rogues in the last you know 15 years that I played D&D. So I was very eager to try something a little different. Yeah, I mean, I had um, uh, I never play good characters because I I came from the background of like a good character reduces your ability to like ma decision make and thus is not something I wanted to do. Um, and especially I'd never played a lawful character, so I try try to hard commit to the lawful good character. Um, at all times, but what I've learned in playing Johannes is by trying to give yourself those restrictions. It's actually really, for me, it's been really fun because it's made me do things I've never uh, done traditionally, and it made me have to like change the way I think about how I'm going to engage with the game. Chapman, tell us a little bit about like how, where Eek started and where he ended up by the time we were actually recording, or where they started, I should say. I I get that wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Gosh. So I know, like, after playing um, uh, Snaggle, I really wanted to play another Kobold just because I find the little fellows a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to remember. I played around a lot with, I think at first, like, I thought about maybe, like, a Warlock or some other kind of magic builds, but nothing was really snapping into place. Like, there's things that were, like, too complicated or just, like didn't seem all that much fun so eventually i started looking i think i was like i'm gonna just like simplify it and just like all right wizard and then kind of thought about like oh divination wizard could kind of be neat with a little cobalt that's sort of uh like felt like like you know like the uh the the um the wizard with like a crystal ball and like a a um 
like wizard hut kind of wizard that kind of felt right because I, I like the idea of a wizard like that with all like the normal sort of like wizardy stuff but instead he's this little kobold um, that you you come out to the small. tower looking for yeah. your fortune to be told and trying to tap into mystic and divine powers and there's just like this tiny tiny kobold sitting behind a table oh hello exactly um and i remember early early on there was this whole um or sorry early on there was this um idea that he was going to be almost kind of like the most uh, competent member of the party <laughs> that was that um, was our original plan yes yeah but of course he turned into this little like uh chaos monster <laughs> trash gremlin. yeah um just it's inevitable with the with the cobalt i feel look he he can have a redemption arc he could no <laughs> there's, there's a there's a javelin with his name on it so kind of kind of moving along that line of thought uh but a little bit forward after we had our session zero and we realized exactly how goofy all of our characters interacting were and we made the appropriate adjustments so that we felt like we could be a party that would actually stick together and could interact within a story without, you know, driving each other or us as players nuts. Um, we sat down to session number one. And as I recall, that was after we had gotten the studio, right? So we were no longer recording in Alon's apartment, or was that the first re-record? No, we were at the studio for the, the first actual recording. Yeah. We were. So, the, th the things I recall distinctly from the first actual recording are, we sat down having little to no expectations of how that night was going to go, and then we tried to record the very first session and we were feeling pretty good about it in the moment. And then as we like got towards the tail end of the recording and then started looking retrospectively, we were like, oh no, oh, that's not, oh, that's not good at all. Like Alita was this like timid, very afraid character who's running away from people and the party has to save her. And the group is, there was a lot of like bickering among the group about what was going on and what we were going to do about it. <laughs> like, I just remember it being so rough, so rough. Was that the first in the long, the now long tradition of Alex being like, guys, so should we just scrap that? Should we just not worry about that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't think, I think when we finished it, I think we all kind of, felt that way yep. yeah no, I, I don't think any of us liked how that went yeah yeah and and i remember us talking for a while and and i remember us all kind of coming to the same conclusion of like you only get one shot at your first episode uh when you've published it but you can have an infinite number of, of shots at, at getting it right so we were just very committed to making sure we had something we were all very comfortable with so as i recall the first thought we had was, well, we must not have done it right because none of us know anything about podcasting. So what we'll do is we will try that whole thing again from the top. And part of the trouble we ran into was that none of us at the time, I think Chapman, you were the only one who had taken any sort of acting classes and that was 100% improv, right? Yeah, I think, uh, Alon, you, you've done some improv too, though, right? Yeah, when I was younger, yeah. Okay, so I, I got that a little mixed up. But even so, we've got one person currently taking any form of acting classes, one person who took acting classes some time ago, and then the other three of us who are basically just winging it, thinking it's going to be like any old game of D&D. &D. And we ended up re-recording... And I think the trouble we ran into there was that all of us were trying to do the same things the same way, but without the things we felt like were problems. And it was yeah. almost like reading a script, except 
if you were having it read by high schoolers who have never acted before in their lives. We were also kind of struggling to find the right balance between um, like producing the episode and just playing what happens at that time. Yeah, we had to struggle with that for a while. Yeah. Um, and the other thing too is we all we all very intentionally created our characters um, from the beginning to have their own kind of separate lanes that they would occupy and live in so that we wouldn't be stepping on each other's feet. But then when the game started to play, if something fell in between those lanes, we didn't have really established character identities yet. So we all would step on each other's feet, especially <laughs> if it was like a dumb uh, trademark low-hanging fruit uh, joke. I remember there was a lot of times where it was kind of brutal watching us all like rush to try to <laughs> make the same observation um, as we figured out how to like give each other space and create space for each other. God, we would dogpile really terrible jokes. It was It was a bad scene. Um, mm -hmm. And then ultimately, I think at the tail end of that recording session, we were like, Oh, this too was all hot garbage. <laughs> like, better than the first time, but not good enough for any of us to feel good about it. I mean, we had we, we came to that conclusion pretty early on that right after that, I think that we can't, if we ever need to like redo something that happens, I have to change a good chunk of it narratively so it's not the same thing. Because trying to repeat things like that like trying to like reproduce scenarios really throws us off there's a part of me that wonders if that rule doesn't apply now but we have been very blessed to not have to re-record much i think anything in the last three or six months honestly we haven't had to retread any ground and the one time we've had to retread ground even before that was a decision to change narrative. But we'll get into that, I think, next episode. Um, the thing I did want to get into is uh, talking a little bit about when we finally came back. I think it was two weeks later. I think we ended that recording session and we were like, we're, we have to stop. <laughs> we have to do some rewrites change up a couple of things about how we're playing the game. I think that's where Brandon's very honest feedback sheet came from is after that just being like we've got to we got to tighten this ship up. Uh and then we came back what was it 2 weeks later and we re-recorded that first session and that was the session that we actually released, right? Mhm. Mm one of my favorite bits to this day, because I'll go back and listen to old episodes, A, to make sure that I foreshadowed something that I was supposed to foreshadow, and B, because, like, it's really... Anytime that I get, like, really bad imposter syndrome or feel like what we're doing is not good enough, it really helps to, like, listen back to where we started. And one of my favorite bits is the stupid, like, Solinar busting in and saying you know, that he wanted somebody to challenge Boat, think of the fame, and Johannes going, yeah, yes, hello, did you say fame? H hello? And, like, Solonar looking around and having to look down to see Johannes. Like, I don't know why, but just the visual image that I have of that scene is hysterical to me. I think it's I think it's funny because Johannes is, uh, is such a big personality and such a small body. <laughs> he, he a very small boy. But he very, very he very he he very big big sound. Yeah, basic slapstick humor. He's three apples high, but his spirit's the size of a watermelon. I weigh the same <laughs> as three apples. I mean, I think I think that's some of the early episodes when we're still finding our feet and still trying to figure out exactly what we're doing with our characters. There's a lot of strong material in there from us just goofing around. There's some running jokes that I think are still going in the podcast. Uh, Solinar being concerned that someone's going to steal his kidneys. I think it was more, it's more than just us trying to figure out what's going on with our characters. And it was something Chapman alluded to a little bit earlier, where we were still trying to find that sort of clutch friction point between people playing D&D &D that enjoy each other's company and trying to produce something that people will actually want to listen to. Yeah, and agreed. 
And, you know, in the beginning, there was a lot of, like, notes at the table. There was a lot of, like, throwing up a timeout and be like, no, do, do it differently. Do it this way. <laughs> and it led to a bunch, like, several, like, I, like chased arguments, I guess, uh, that finally evolved into the running gag of, it's your world, Alex. It's your world. <laughs> But that, that was a frustration of mine at the beginning, where it's like, we were sort of one foot in, one foot out on what we were trying to do. Like, it was either, we were either yeah. trying to be one thing or another thing, and we couldn't decide what we were. Yeah, there was a bit of that vibe where it was like, are we, are we going to do a fully professional produced podcast, or are we going to do something more casual that's just like a group of friends around a table playing D&D, which... I feel like we still managed to capture a lot of that vibe now, but I think we've definitely leaned a lot heavier into the more productive aspect of it being an audio medium. Well, this is where I should step in because I definitely, from the very beginning, we said we're going to do a very professional podcast. We, I mean, we, we invested in all the mics, in all of our audio recording gear. We got Gabe. We knew what we wanted to do, and we knew we really wanted to have this story. And by having Alex, we knew we had somebody who with alpha was going to be very committed to like that's a big part of why we recruited alex is we really wanted to have this very professional product that every one of us was like hanging a bit of our like professional brand on it was just about how 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 casual we wanted to sound while being very professional like everything decision we made we made it together with a very concerted like this needs to be for the long term this needs to be something that um lines up with where we want this to go in a year or two years like it's crazy we're here because we actually like planned for that and we really worked hard and that's why so many podcasts don't make it past five episodes because you you really have to approach it that way uh if you're gonna have like a dedicated schedule yeah and like we we had the recording schedule and then if i remember right it took time for us to sort of figure out the production schedule for it because there was a while it was difficult to keep up with weekly releases. I think for a bit yeah. we did bi-weekly releases so we could get caught up on stuff. Um, but we were like we were totally willing to pivot on that. And you know, Alon talking about some podcasts don't last past you know X episodes or whatever. A story that I like to tell over the last couple months is there was this podcast that I saw on Twitter, and they spent months like hyping up their debut and then after five episodes they're like hey we have an announcement this is just too much work and we really can't keep up with it so we're just gonna stop uh we really feel bad about it and we're sorry and like a lot of people were tweeting at them like what i mean like why don't you just release monthly or bi-weekly or something like that instead of just abandoning ship and they didn't respond and i think it's because not only was the release schedule too difficult but you know scheduling time to record it scheduling time to have like calls about what you want to do because like you have to run it like a business product basically you have to be willing to put in set aside and put in that kind of time to be able to do it otherwise it's going to be that thing that you record at your kitchen table on a snowball mic that Mm -hmm. you stumble on by accident and maybe listen to a few episodes before you find something better i mean that's actually a conversation that josh and i had today because i was talking about like you know, what can I do to make it more fun for you guys? What can I do to make it a better game? You know, because I want to make sure everybody's really enjoying themselves. And he's like, Alex, everyone's enjoying themselves, but it is a job. <laughs> like, it is yeah. it is still work. Yeah, and I mean, you know, all of us have other stuff going on. Like, every time I sit down to do this podcast, I have just finished working, like, eight and a half hours uh, in the financial sector and I'm just dog-ass tired, <laughs> and sometimes it's all I can do to just be here. Uh, and that's, I hate I hate when that's the case, but sometimes that's just what it is, because like, you've made a commitment to do the thing, so you do the thing. I still want it to be fun for you guys, though. <laughs> well, it's like, it's fun, but I'm also exhausted. It's fair. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a um, casual fun. It's one where you're really, you really... To have the product we have to have, every one of us has to be really on our toes. That's why we do so many warm-ups beforehand and we really make sure we're engaged because the the worst episode quality are the ones where maybe we are not um, not as engaged and thus we don't, uh, maybe we're not as mentally taxed by doing it, but it is mentally taxing to be like on 
you know mm-hmm. but that's why it's fun and that that in its own way and that's why it's you know i think a better a better product because we all have committed we've committed to that you know there have been well, a few episodes that have released that during recording there have been a couple of episodes that we scrapped all together because they weren't good enough to be released where the whole reason they had to be scrapped is because we went immediately from work to a business meeting about the podcast and beyond into podcast recording without warming up and just like the whole vibe at the table is just so wrong i think those instances are the important times to realize that like us doing warm-ups is as much about getting ourselves out of the headspace of the day that we've been working and everything we've had going on at home and getting into the space of here we are we're gonna do some qpr it's gonna be a good time let's do this i mean i regularly talk about how qpr is my favorite thing i do i mean you guys have very very quickly become radically important friends to me and you know this this game and this thing we do i mean it's my dream it's what i've always wanted to do and i i sometimes have moments where i'm like why are we trusting me with any of this i have spent more time recording this with you all over the past two and a half years or so than i have with my actual family in the last decade easy not even close and I'm happy about that. Let me make that clear. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I just realized that could, people who don't know me might not know that. But I'm very, I'm very happy about that. I'm glad we, we get to spend so much time doing this thing. And I'm so glad that we all, I mean, like, God, it goes back to the fact that, like, so many of these podcasts don't last and they don't, you know, they don't find the groove. They don't find the audience. They don't, you know, we, I'm just so happy that all of us really committed to making this happen because we've gone through so many changes. We could went through a global pandemic, let alone like all the other things that happen in life. And we're still going strong. And it's really, um, it's pretty inspiring. It's pretty awesome. I think it says a lot about everybody on the, on the podcast. I honestly think this is what kept me sane through the pandemic. I'm not going to lie. You stayed sane. <laughs> I mean, look, as much as I could, working a retail job in the middle of mm-hmm. a pandemic, I, I stayed as sane as I could. But there's a reason. I'm like, hey, guys, you want to hang out? You want to hang out, guys? Hey, guys, let's hang out. Let's go over and do something. Let's do, something. let's do a thing and hang out. There's a reason that I'm like that more than normal. <laughs> More than normal being key, I'm aware that that's generally who I am as a person. So jumping jumping back into the content of the podcast, uh, what are some of y'all's favorite moments from early in the cast? I know Alex talked about the scene where Solinar is trying to recruit people for wrestling. I think uh, one of my absolute favorite early scenes is when we're talking about the uh, the Baba Yaga. And we were, for some reason, pronouncing it Baba Yaga. I think just because it <laughs> sounded funny to us. And Brandon breaks in and starts talking about Lady Gaga. And it's just like, I, even now listening back to those episodes, that scene slays me every time. It's some of the worst, best humor. It's really funny. No, it was, we, we need to not couch that and be like, it was such good, bad humor. It was hilarious. It was amazing and clever, and we don't need to couch it. It was, <laughs> it was brilliance, and we can admit that it was brilliance, all right? It was great. I think, I think we had a lot of really funny stuff early, um, especially because, like, we're all, <laughs> we all were chosen to be on this podcast because we're all fun, creative, funny people. And we've proven that that's true uh, over the course of uh, two and a half years. For me, you know, it's taken about two and a half years to prove it. You guys proved it in the first few episodes for sure. Um, but I like we had a, as much as we say we've we've grown as performers because we have, and we can look back and we can truly see that. Like there was a lot of really great moments from uh the from the naming we kept naming stuff after food which alex's cities after food we had the x marks the spot we had the bobby guy i remember there being like just an unending amount of puns while we were in the woods (laughs) um i i remember i mean like 
every time Brandon said that something, I think I died laughing because I was just so. I, at, at that point, Gravy Boat was such a <laughs> a brand new enigma. Uh, now I now I laugh every third thing. Um, because <laughs> um, you're ready for it. Got, yeah, it's just because I've been able to brace myself um, for how amazing that character is. I remember that you almost killed me with your pseudo dragon. <laughs> yeah, with his uh, little Felix's little bite damage. Yeah, well, don't say little. It's a level one character. <laughs> yeah, but you're a paladin. Like it wasn't yeah, like I, I, I did that I... to Eek. I know, but I had like three hit points left. I was gonna die. <laughs> I mean, that's unfortunate for you. Would have been yeah, a who, who... weird way to start the podcast. It would have been worth it. I was ready to roll up another character. I'm always ready to roll another character. <laughs> <laughs> Since Ko- Koga, Chapman's dog, is breathing into uh, Chapman's microphone right now, we that's the uh, backup if Chapman uh, has a character that dies as Koga just plays the next character. Well, he true. basically plays Koga anyway since he misidentifies Koza. He calls like a Koza solid Koga 30% so of the time. It's true. <laughs> also, doesn't Koga mean, like, wolf? Um, Koga's name is Koga because one of my friends uh, was a big fan of Inuyasha when she was. I knew it! I knew that's where it came from. (laughs) I knew it! I've never seen Alex this happy before. (laughs) I'm so pleased. I'm I'm so happy right now, guys. I didn't know you didn't know that. I just, I assumed because I kind of know who you are as a person, but like. I didn't want to make assumptions. Well, see, I've never watched that much Inuyasha, so it, it I would was... like to. I would like to venture that we're getting a little off track. Yeah, just we're, a little. We're getting very How off track. How unusual for us. Uh, Brandon Chapman, do you guys have any favored moments from early in the podcast that you can remember being very excited about? How early was the burning of Palabar? Uh, that was pretty, pretty early. early, actually. Yeah, it was like well, episode fifteen. <laughs> Well, that's my favorite. <laughs> really? It was that soon? Yeah, it was real it was like, early. It was real. It was anywhere between like episode fifteen and episode like twenty-two. Like it yeah. was because re- I've been re-listening to the Palabar arc, and it was, it was real early in the cast. Can we call it the Palabark? Uh, actually, <laughs> I've been calling it the Ocean Vark. I was. I liked this because this is when Gravy Boat came into his own. Uh, and obtained his office. And then very shortly thereafter, he got his cowboy hat. Ugh. F- fighting those, like, cowboy werewolves. So. Mm-hmm. Weird. The gravy boat that we see today was really just established over the first 20 episodes. Yeah. Oh, another thing that I really enjoyed from that was when Gravy Boat got to have his, like, conversation with Benna. And you guys are just looking at me like, why are you getting all serious with this all of a sudden? And then we completely forgot to go back and get her. (laughs) See, the thing that got me was that you have an interesting thing with Boat's voice where he has three settings. He has dad, he has showman, and he has horny. And the problem is, is that when those are your three settings, you slip into one or the other in moments where it's very concerning. And Life you just sounded hard. so weirdly <laughs> seductive talking to Benna that it was like, uh, what, what, where are you going with this there, Boat? <laughs> as long as Boat didn't sound horny when he was uh, chastising Eek, <laughs> I, I think we're fine. That is another favorite moment of mine because you all just looked at me the entire time we were recording that like I was like slowly like killing an animal or something. All of us felt like right being yelled you. at by our dad. No, I nodded. I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love also, I love uh, that we're, we take risks. I love that we take risks. I think that that's something that not enough... Uh, we've done we, we've listened to a bunch of different podcasts as research for this and we've listened to a bunch like not just tabletop stuff but and all of us have GM'd hundreds hundreds of games um, and it, it just like risks are fun they're more fun I like that we're uh, uh, okay with failing I like that we're okay leaving a burning city in our wake <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just more fun there's more character development there's more that comes out of it and then when you do have the highs of success they're higher because <laughs> you failed brutally beforehand you earned it you earned your yeah. success I really like it I, I so I love when we have things like when he stole the book and and when you've 
chastised him and when you like i love that stuff so much i think it just it makes the podcast for me chapman did not get a chance to talk about his favorite moments well i think for me one of my favorite moments uh, I, i'm a simple man and i really enjoyed <laughs> when i got to do a, a, a self-care night with eek mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um God, I forgot about Muscle Beach. Oh, too. That was right at the same time. Yes. That, that whole like time for me, I was I was really enjoying. That was before like Calvar burned, right? Yeah. 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 I yeah. Think yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. That was right when we got there. Yeah, I I was having a lot of fun with Eek. <laughs> there was a brief moment between when we got there and when it burned, when everything was really beautiful and yep. amazing. <laughs> It's like a three-episode gap. There's like episode one of us arriving in Palabar, and then three episodes later, it's on fire, and we're fleeing the city. I mean, that's pretty on par, though, for adventures, isn't it? Like, God, I really loved, too, with the sea monster, that f- gravy boat. I think I almost died on that one, too, but I really loved that gravy boat killed it with an anchor. Oh, yeah. That was cool. I'd forgotten about yeah. that. Yeah, I remember you were not only, like, as Gravy Boat so excited, but as Brandon. Like, it was one of those moments. You get those moments. If you're lucky, you get them once every two or three um, games you GM, where, like, it, it kind of transcends the, the the tabletop experience, and everybody at the table has this, like, collaborative, like, moment of euphoria. Um, and that was definitely one of them, for sure. Yeah, that was just me being excited as a player that something cool happened. It was so cool. <laughs> it, it was actually, I, I was very surprised that it went as well as it did, and it came out pretty epic. You guys do always seem to crit at, like, the most thematically appropriate times. I don't know about all that. I think parachute pants <laughs> indicates that we crit uh, whenever it's the most absurd to crit. That's just yeah. uh, that's just the nature of the game. The successes <laughs> are so great that we forget more of the failures. <laughs> All the failures, we just have Gabe cut them out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of which, I, I gotta say, I know he's not here right now because part of the reason we're recording this is because he is away at uh, camp, but we would be nothing without Gabe. <laughs> like, Gabe is really sort of the beating heart of what we do. Like, everybody that is at the table is really awesome and talented and spirited, but Gabe really does sort of make us as professional as we could sound. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we... And we That's why we recruited him. We, we really... As soon as I met him and as soon as we started talking about, like, what he wanted to do, what his dream was, what he had his education in... I, I just knew I was like, uh, we need this guy to produce our podcast because originally I was going to do all the audio editing because I used to have bands back when I was cool and uh, would would do a lot of stuff in um, Pro Tools. So I was like, I have enough experience where I can do this. But man, as a performer, full time working and doing it, I, it would have never happened. Like it would have never happened if we never found Gabe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In, there's so many periods of time too and as Gabe has gained more confidence and gained more experience there's so many times where you get to see just like how awesome he is and I'm I'm really happy about that because I really hope that um one day he achieves his dream of being an audio engineer like full-time because he is way good enough to do it I mean hey look if we get high enough on the Patreon we can be like hey Gabe (laughs) full-time full-time QPR forever get ready I want everybody to know we do pay Gabe. Let me make this real clear. Uh, we just can't afford to pay him full time. Yeah, so jump onto that Patreon. Help us. Uh, <laughs> our yeah, our Patreon to... is called the Let's Pay Gabe. Uh, yeah, help us now. help Gabe. <laughs> that's uh, that's patreon.com slash goblin scrollers for anyone unaware. Patreon.com slash mm-hmm. goblin scrollers. Let's be sure to put a bumper at the beginning of this, too. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, put a bumper. No, he won't be back. <laughs> Alon, put a bumper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually might be accurate. Um, all right, true. I think I think we've we've rambled on enough about the good old days. Um, I think I think this is as good a point as any to go ahead and wrap this up, call it an evening, and let let folks go on about their days since they've been trapped in their chairs, wrapped listening to this 
because of course you put the the hypnotic tones over everything so that they can't do anything else while they listen right alan you're gonna do that yeah what are we talking about next week josh next week we're gonna talk about where qpr is and maybe a little bit about where it's going and some of the things that we've learned f- between the olden days and current. Yeah, maybe it's going away. You need to. <laughs> you need to. You need to listen next week and give to the Patreon to make sure that I, it doesn't I happen. I cannot emphasize enough how much I need that to not even be a joke. <laughs> I th- not even a joke, guys. I think there's a few people in our audience who would be similarly perturbed to think of that even as a possibility. So you're not alone, yeah, Alex. Let's. let's- yeah, let's. I'm gonna let's tell not. you right now, for everyone who's made it this far, all of our amazing listeners, and I'm very happy we happen to have a, a good number. Like, thank you guys. This is two and a half years, three years of amazing audience. There's so many. I, it's more than a few. I think early on we made the worst jokes you can make in a podcast, where you were like, "Oh, don't worry. Like, there's not too many people listening to this," or something like that. I don't know if we cut those out or not. I know we made some of them. I think I hope we cut them out. But, um, God, we have such an amazing audience, and uh, there's so many of you guys. It's always, like, been amazing to have the support that we've had and to when we did our live show and sold out the venue when we weren't expecting it. And we hope to have many more of those now that we're hopefully seeing the bright light at the end of the pandemic tunnel. Yeah. Um, yeah but let you us, guys are so good. Yeah, You're let so us good. know if you want QPR to come to your town. You know, QPR Live in Ashland or Chester or, <laughs> dare I imagine... <laughs> Hope well. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the James to the Rappahannock. <laughs> I gotta tell you, uh, the Chesapeake Bay's own quid pro roll. It does. Incre- it did validate me immensely when I would make jokes that you guys all just sort of stared at me in silence. But there were like two people in the audience that laughed at. I was like, yes, my people. Yeah, that's validation. Why you make them for your. Josh, you make them ta- for yourself. Josh, why don't we talk about the live show a little bit next time? Oh, we 100% have to talk about the live show a little bit. Okay. All right. I don't actually know how to close this. Josh is gaveling us to a close. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Take care, y'all. gonna go make a hamburger but then someone reminded me that gabe was out of town so we needed a bumper for patreon at the end of this so uh yeah if you like quid pro roll uh support us on patreon uh it's under the goblins and growlers brand at patreon.com slash goblins growlers we have uh, all kinds of cool stuff on there we have bonus audio for quid pro roll and we have original rpg content like monster blocks traps and uh original monthly one-page dungeon adventures So check us out, uh, support us if you're able, we appreciate it, and if nothing else, just tell a friend about Quid Pro Roll. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next week.